so this is part two of my talk with Ivak. Um, in part one, we discussed his life, the Ottoman Empire, Ataturk, and uh, on this episode, we talk more about Turkey today. Um, Erdogan, the the the, the, the leader, uh, the st- Turkey stereotypes and uh, Turkish people abroad, photography, and a lot of different things. It was very philosophical, and a little bit about the sponsors. That's uh, Alfred Jobs, Alfred Dossiset. Um, you can find that in the app store as well. Have an app on your phone or use the web page. Thousands of jobs all around Czech Republic and Slovakia, and you can apply with one click. Easy and free, anonymous, um, and yeah, you don't need to spend hours browsing different pages to find jobs. Alfred sends them to the, to you, and whenever there's a new one that fits you, that it comes to you. And then, yeah, the old bar on Seifertoa 21 in Shishkov in Prague. Um, healthy food, but tasty, good stuff. Oatmeals with different toppings, skier from a local uh, organic farm, and available on takeaway or to sit in quickly or on delivery on Walt and Bolt. Um, great place. Uh, you should check them out on social media, the Old Bar Prague. And um, yeah, they have amazing ratings, reviews. It's one of the, the city's most popular or loved restaurant. Enjoy. Erdogan came to actually like a savior. He, he first went on well with the army and everyone, and people supported him. Even the left wing supported him. Socialists supported him. Mm. A lot of people in the country supported him because he wanted to change the status quo, status quo. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in, at the beginning he was great, and it's it's going great. He he made allies. He won against them. But in time, it started changing. Like it's but wait, like it's so so you're saying that when he comes in, he's coming into a situation where where sixty percent of the nation who, who is religious is kind of pushed to not, how do you say, uh, be in active. They in were the, oppressed. Yeah, they were yeah, in yeah, Political yeah. public arena. They yeah. were oppressed. Like you, 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 you couldn't. Uh, for example. I still remember I was younger. Mm. Uh, the first time a woman with a headscarf won the elections and went with a headscarf to the parliament. It was a huge deal. They kicked her out. Like the government, the prime minister at the time said, someone sh- should teach lady the attitude. Blah blah. It was a big thing. They were not even allowed in anything. You understand what I'm so he came like he and now he I'm not even allowed into a fucking supermarket without a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so he changed some things like he Erdogan came and changed some stuff. Mm. Now that that's also why Erdogan still gets in the like people believe he will still get a high vote because those people are afraid when he's gone, they are afraid that it will go back. Mm. I think that's important to understand Erdogan because the the supporters are afraid that things will go back to 25 years ago when he leaves because they are governing the country like 20 years for 20 years. So, so but what what does his politics stand for? I mean, if if you if you were, I mean, is he more of the right or the middle or you know, is is it like if if you just look at the political agenda of of because. I'm just trying to understand what are people afraid that it goes back to? Are they afraid that it goes to back to oppressing religious people? 
after he leaves, yeah. he can go back there. That, that's what people are afraid of. Uh, some people. It, it, now he doesn't have that much support. And I will be honest with you, a lot of people people in Turkey believe that in 2023 elections Erdogan will lose. Mm-hmm. We are actually confident that he will lose. Mm. And we are now keeping an eye what he will do mm. until that will mm. do some action. Uh, but it's a difficult country to run. I mean, like it's not like you, you, you have a very diverse, very diverse culture. You have, I mean, and and, and in some way, uh, Turkey has its door open to anything. You know, like yes. Turkey has can have can have relations to Russia, can have re- relations to Europe, can have relations to Africa, to yes, and. That's why they don't kick us out of NATO. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a very strategic and 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 uh, important country in this sense. And but at the same time, um, it has one foot in Europe and one foot in I don't know Middle okay, East. Okay, so or let whatever. me start by funny facts first. <laughs> the first thing is we are two Facebook friends away from Erdogan. Mm. Erdogan's one of best right men's uh, right men. Uh, he appointed him as uh, ambassador to Czech, Czech Republic, Egemen uh, Bosch. He has a Facebook account and he's friends with my friends. Mm. So it's that near, mm-hmm. like whatever we speak here, it's that near to Erdogan. Second thing I'm is sure he's listening I to my podcast. I will give you some, <laughs> we will see, but he is such a character. Mm. Second thing is, uh, I will tell you some interesting facts. When Erdogan won and when he first came to the power, he was even supporting LGBT, like uh, like the, the gays and mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. He was saying that they are the colors. Everyone should have a right of speech. Mm-hmm. Like even at that level, he was democratic. Mm-hmm. Then, slowly, after five, six years, seven years, eight years, he started to fix, he tried to fix things with the Kurdish people. He invited Kurdish people in exile to back to Turkey, Kurdish singers. Then after eight years, he starts saying, oh, democracy is just, you know, a path to Sharia law. He didn't say Sharia law, sorry, but he said, like, it's just a path. It's just a something on the way for us to go mm-hmm. for our It's a milestone, yeah, yeah. So there, I think in Turkey, the educated people, the intellectuals started understanding that they are betrayed. Like mm-hmm. They supported Erdogan up until that point. Even Erdogan's advisors were... The, the top advisor was Armenian, mm. Etienne Mahçupyan. Mm. He left the office after the 80, after that point. He, he, he resigned. Like Erdogan was really coming from a ground moment. But after eight years, things started going into a different direction. The power, I believe, started corrupting. He also started realizing that he's not getting a lot of votes in Turkey if he goes further from nationalism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's still mm-hmm. a thing in Turkey. Like, mm-hmm. even you are left wing, whatever you say, you are modern. I'm democratic. Nationalism is a thing in Turkey. Like, but should. is that is that somehow does the Ottoman Empire and 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 this history of being this big empire that ruled a, lo- a big part of Europe and was a real superpower, does that affect nationalism today there? Of course, because they teach us in the childhood, you grow up with that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was making language exchange, language exchange with one 
woman here. Uh, her name was Ksenia, if she listens. And she was yeah, everybody is listening. Everybody is listening. Ivak, everyone listens. She may listen after yeah. this. She was teaching me Russian and I was teaching her Turkish. Mm. So I asked my mom, can you send me a Turkish language book for children? Mm. My mom is a primary school teacher. And you open the book, it starts with the atlas of Turkic people, like Turkish origin people. And it starts from Turkey, it goes, it covers nearly all Russia. Mm-hmm. Because that's true. Linguistically, you can go... Uh, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, all. and she is from Kazakhstan. Mm. She was like, wait a second, Ivak, what the fuck is this? Why is my country included in your country? Mm. I said, I said uh, but we are from same origin. She said, no, what the fuck? I don't understand. So in Turkey, still in school book, primary school book, there is a book when the child opens, they see this huge map starting from Europe to Asia mm. that is all red as if it's one big country. Mm-hmm. That says we are all relatives, we are all Turkish people in this map. So you grow up still with these great ideas that once upon a time, for example, Ottoman Empire, at its peak, they teach us that Mediterranean Sea was our lake. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and then they, they, they put this to your mind. And, so and, it's still, and it's still in the culture. It's still like people are still talking about like... Yeah, Those for we, the days. We were in, Euro- we were in European Cup uh, like this summer. There mm-hmm. were football matches, mm-hmm. uh, and like the the people chant, mm. "Europe, Europe, we are coming back. Europe, Europe, we are coming back." For them, like they are coming back mm. because they went until Vienna, and yeah, they were yeah, and pushed, then they back. pushed back there. Yeah, yeah. So they are coming back. Or the or the all the songs for the national team were quite militarist. Mm. We are coming. We are soldiers. We will die for this country. And on the other end, they play fucking football on the field. Yeah, it's a, it's but, a deal. But how? <coughs> I mean, like w- with politics, because it's it's really. I mean, it's it, it's very interesting. I feel with with politics that uh, there are certain leaders around the world, uh, like the Brazilian or Bolsonaro. Um, there was Trump in the U.S. Um, I mean, it was Margaret Thatcher in the in the UK. Yes. You know, we have Erdogan, we have uh, what's his name, David Orban in 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 um, mm-hmm. Viktor Orban in in Hungary, and and it's it's almost a duty to hate them. It's almost like an obligation. You 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 have to be against those people. If you're not, there is something wrong with you, or you're a you're a people hater or you're a bad person or something like this. And for me, this is a very, it's very hard for me to 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 agree with these kind of things because I don't live in those countries. I don't understand the culture. I don't understand. And for me, a lot of those people or most of them, if not all of them, they have been voted in a democratic election. So they are the will of the majority. Just like here in the Czech Republic, we have a president, Seman, uh, who is considered by most people that me and you will meet an idiot. But he was voted by the majority of the people in the country to be the president. Yes. Maybe so, we are doing something wrong. Yeah, who knows? Because, I mean, and I, I have, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't deny this, that, you know, this is the voted leader. So with with Erdogan, I mean, he's been elected multiple times. I mean, he, he's been re-elected Yes, he he wins. Now the thing is, I was 
I actually agree with you about these examples. I was speaking with my Hungarian friend, Zoltan, and he told me one word they use for waters mm. for that guy uh, in Hungary. And I was like, wait a second, we also have a word in Turkey for the waters of Erdogan. Mm. It's an animal. Mm. And there it's also an animal. Mm. And you, in USA, they also call them mm. an animal, okay, mm. the waters. Then maybe we are doing something wrong. Maybe... Mm. We don't even listen to those people. We don't even understand what they are saying. Like I am actually on this side of this political mm-hmm. spectrum mm-hmm. now. Uh, we like we we should listen to those people. Like these mm-hmm. people came and won due to a reason. Yeah, there were some. I mean, I can. I, can, I mean, I don't. I don't know exactly how 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 things are now, and maybe we, we can go into that a little bit more. But but if you tell me where he came from, he comes into an area where 60% of the nation has been somehow oppressed. These, If I was a politician, because a politician has to get their job renewed every four to five years, they need to go out and promise something so that they keep their jobs. Me and you, we don't need to do that. We just have a contract, and as long as we perform, mm-hmm. we're not fired, you know? Yes. A politician, unfortunately, has to go and 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 figure out. Okay, who is going to support me for the next four to five years? So I, I I can fully understand that someone like him, he gets in on a certain premise or or for certain subjects or topics, and then over time he needs to figure out. Okay, so who is now going to support me? Who can I, you know? He's great at that. Mm. He's rhetorically, mm. he's great. Actually, other parties started using this against him mm. before he came to the head mm. he was giving such speeches that about money how poor people cannot buy anything mm. like there are youtube videos you watch it you want to die for the guy mm. like really he's good mm. uh, but now of course he's old he's not like that plus i like so he was doing something correct and i remember my my sister was dating a guy whose family supports Erdogan, mm. and she told me that this guy has a uh, sister who is 43 years old or something like that, and she wasn't married. And she wrote a letter to Erdogan. She got back a letter signed by Erdogan mm. that she will he will help her find uh, someone. So people, yeah, I mean, the, these a, type of people see yeah, him like yeah. a saver, and he is good at that. He does yeah. that very, very well. They go house by house, they help people. Those people don't care about green environmental politics. Mm. Like They're just the, thinking about getting the next meal, yes, getting, exactly. getting married and whatever, and they, you know? And they are very good at that. They, mm. they, they act so... I, I'm personally not in the side of completely saying, oh, these stupid people elect stupid politicians. It's not like that. Mm. Uh, we should understand what's going on there and they are good. On the other hand, I personally believe, like it's a truth, like life changes, times are changing. Now the new generation came, uh, things are working on social media, in internet, and they have no support there, Erdogan mm. and his uh, party. And they are losing, they understood this, they opened a YouTube channel, they opened Twitter and everything. Mm. It doesn't work, mm. because the, the opponent leaders are going to Twitch, and like they are using such channels with popular figures in Turkey. I personally believe he will not win the elections Mm. in 2023, but we will see.
But what is he doing wrong? I mean, what what is going on wrong politically now in in Turkey? If you think about it, like um, because as I said, I mean, it must be a tough job to keep a country that is so diverse together and and moving in one direction. Well, first thing is if. Or what is it that people are criticizing? Let's say that in Turkey we have a saying that the pot, the frying pot, is what uh, is what beats in an election. Mm. If you cannot feel it, you will lose. So financially, Turkey is doing really, really terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I will give you an example. I'm here for 16 years. 10 years ago, whenever it's Bayram in Turkey, Bayram is like your Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's Bayram at different time. Prague was full of Turkish people. They had mm-hmm. money to come to tours to Prague, go to bars and do everything, go shopping. Now, Turkish money lost value maybe four times. I am now a rich person in Turkey. When I go to Turkey, my mom thinks like, oh, buy me this, buy me this. Because my salary suddenly became, it didn't change for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But in Turkey, it's like four times, five times higher. And there are no Turkish people in Bayrams here anymore. They mm. cannot afford. Mm. So Turkish lira lost a lot of value mm. because I think politics directly affect, maybe not directly, but in a couple of years, affect finance and economics. Mm. The, the, the companies don't feel comfortable there. They start escaping from your country. Mm. They see that you support one side on one war. Like They couldn't handle the fa- economics very well. Mm. Second thing is, the West always thinks of Erdogan as one guy. Mm. One guy who came to the head and did things. Erdogan came with a group. He had, like, he had very, very important people, writers, and a lot of people in his party. They came all together. In time, all of them are gone. He couldn't get on well with them. So politically, he's also now alone there. Mm. Alone, really. Mm. Like There are really no qualified person uh, left around him that is supporting him. Mm. So politically also, but also I think this COVID situation is helping. <laughs> But what about the what about the religion and 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 like let's say the 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 difference between the eastern part and then the Istanbul part? And I mean, would I be able to if I went to Istanbul now? Would I still see the girls in the bikinis on the on the billboards? They are still there. Yes, because I personally believe Erdogan's party wouldn't like those them there. Mm. But on the other hand, if they take them out, they will lose votes from the other side. A lot of votes. Mm-hmm. So they are trying to balance it in those cities. Mm-hmm. So you will see them. But but there and you, and you wouldn't say that or or uh, and I'm I'm now I'm asking just out of stupidity. I mean, is there more? Is religion more powerful now than it was, or or is there a? No, I think in the in a very very. If we step back, not one step, but a couple of steps, and look at the history and timeline of our lives, mm. a little bit from a different perspective. Like, you know, from this year to this year, something changed. But from this 10 years to the next 10 years, life is changing. Like, now there is social media. Mm. All the Turkish young people follow Twitch influencers. They, they they watch something in internet. The government cannot anymore censor or block them from watching something. So times are changing and no one can resist it. Mm. It's impossible. It became impossible. So overall... I'm personally very hopeful, but I cannot explain this to my mom because she wants the change to happen tomorrow. But overall, our, at least the children in Turkey or grandchildren in Turkey, no, it will not go more religious, I don't believe. Mm. Because really, especially internet, started changing things a lot mm. in all countries. 
people are now more communicated. They, especially young people, they know where to get information from. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that information is completely pure. That's no, also related, no. um. but at least in Turkey, the government is not capable to pollute that information. But that they have been trying that. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 And there, there was this coup. Um, I don't know, six years ago. I yes. remember that. Um, I was actually out drinking with a German friend, and uh, it, he started telling me there is something happening in Turkey. So we were kind of fo- following this. Um, and that was that was the military, I guess. Let me explain you very quickly, mm. like a story, because it's very difficult to explain this to someone who is out of Turkey. Imagine that we are living in Prague, okay? But in Prague, there is one Christian wise man. Mm. I don't know how to call that, not priest, but he's very wise, great. Mm. Who starts building his own society. In time, this society becomes so huge that they start opening their own schools, mm. their own, and they grow. They go to army, government, and everywhere, okay? There is such a guy. And imagine that this becomes a natural part of your life. This was my life when I was a teenager. There were some schools that are these guys' schools. Mm. There were other schools that are government, normal government schools. So you know that when you go to that one, you will stay in a dormitory. They will wake you up at 5 o'clock for pray to the God, blah, blah. And I'm coming from a socialist family. Mm. They, they are against it. So this was a reality of Turkey. There was such a socialist... Social group, sorry. <laughs> Social group in Turkey. I don't know the right word for that. They are religious group, but they are in every part of the society. Okay? They also helped Erdogan win against the army once upon a time. They supported Erdogan. Now, the head of this group is living in USA, in Pennsylvania. Okay? Mm. They are all around the world. They open Turkish-speaking schools in Africa, in the Asia, and everywhere. So Erdogan went into a clash with this guy at one point. And it became apparent that they cannot both, like, like one of them should be the boss, right? Mm. So Erdogan at one point put, decided that he should collapse them, his organization. And he has the power. So he started doing that like two years ago. And if you are interested in football, you may actually have heard of Hakan Şükür, mm-hmm. who was a great player. He yeah. was a part of that group. Yeah, I remember that. And now I remember he lives that in America. He yeah. owns a kebab shop. That's all he does. He doesn't. He cannot come back to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Or there is Enes Kanter in NBA. He's still yeah, actively I'm, playing. I remember him as well. He's also, as far as I know, I'm not, by the way, like journalist. I don't know very well. He's also part of that group of group he even changed his surname legally to Gülen to the head of that group he loves that guy head of that had so much mm-hmm. that Hoca so much that he changed his surname mm-hmm. he rejected his family's surname in Eskanter yeah because his family also was uh, they, yeah, they yeah, disagreed Erdogan, with yeah, him yeah, 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 yeah. maybe I, there yeah, is something yeah, going yeah. on there I don't know yeah. but anyway so the situation is it's not as easy as the West sees like there, this happened this happened like They they were also in the army and they really I believe started something. Mm-hmm. Now we are going into a little bit dangerous area that I am not sure how much I can speak about, but I also believe the government used this as an opportunity yeah, because obvi- at that time Erdogan was yeah, yeah. losing votes yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything, yeah. and suddenly, you know, 
oppression is always the source of sympathy. Mm. It's even many nations are built with, oh, we were oppressed like this, mm. and now we built, uh, many nations in the world are built like this. Yeah, Israel, so Israel is a case. So like they, 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 they built such a rhetoric around it, uh, and then they won. But no one, I wouldn't say no one, there are many people believe in this, their story, but I would say 60% of the people see that it is not as it is told to us, that coup. Probably it was controlled coup to put him into more power. Because if you know, after that, there was a law that, uh, how it's called in English, emergency situation mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. Like COVID. Yeah, yeah. you don't have to yeah. vote anything. Yeah, yeah. So they used that for two years. They kicked a lot of academic uh, people, p- professors from universities. Mm. So I they, cle- they cleaned out some of op- op- opposition. I personally believe that that coup saved Erdogan, mm. saved Erdogan's uh, chair. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, I don't believe they completely organized it. I believe like the other group was also opposing them. Mm. They just used this opportunity. Mm. My opinion. Yeah, I mean it's always, you know, like. Um, it's always easy when you're losing power to, I don't know, break your leg or something, and people give you sympathy. You know, like it's a, it's a very, it's a very, it plays very powerfully. You know, like that you you get people. Oh yeah, but they were fighting him. They were trying to get him away. You know, now we need to back him up. So I I can totally but <laughs> see that. Also, I should mention that the other group in this part, which I told you that is in the mm-hmm. social life, in our childhood, they are a fact. We are playing football on the street. You hit one guy by mistake and he goes back to his house. Suddenly, 10 older people come and beat you. Mm-hmm. It happened to me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's a part of that group. But wait, is that like a cult or a sect? Yes, or? Cult, exactly. That, that, so that, there was also such a group in Turkey that was in, they were very strong. I remember uh, I, I, we spoke that I was math genius. Mm. I went into some exam, countrywide exam, and I won the exam. I was the first. Mm. They, they said that it was written that imagine like in today's money, a, pre, a gift that is worth 300,000 check crowns. That's mm. it. Mm. But it's my father, 300,000 check crowns is like uh, $15,000. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. my father went to pick it up mm. and it was just education in their schools for a while because they, in mm-hmm. a secret uh, company, they made this exam f- to to attract talented children. And suddenly they realized my father because when they were young, they fought against each other in socialist movement and uh, mm-hmm. right-wing movement. So I couldn't get anything. Any so, but the, so, for, so what you're telling me is that in Turkey, <coughs> there is a... I don't know what you call it, like a subculture somehow, or 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 yeah, there are. But you, oh wait a second, you should understand this that in, in Muslim countries this is a, still a big thing. Mm. Uh, they are called tariqats. They are sub uh-huh. groups yeah, of yeah, the religion. Yeah. Yeah. They are still very strong. Like mm. whichever party, for example, political party which builds a good relation with these tariqats, they get they 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 win. Mm-hmm. Kurdish movement, for example, in Turkey. The leaders of the Kurdish movement are very political, very bright people. But the voters, they are mostly these tariqats. They go, they make a agreement with a tariqat because the Kurdish people mostly still live in tariqats in these groups. Mm-hmm. So they go, they make agreement with one of them. Suddenly you get I've, like 20,000 votes, for example. Mm-hmm. Suddenly. Because no one can 
chain mm-hmm. vote to another party. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. They're, they're so told in, to vote, then the they vote. East, yeah. These tariqats are, these groups, religious groups are still very, very strong. Mm-hmm. I, I've been, for example, to army. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you were ta- you're a tank. You're a tank commander. Yes, because uh, in Turkey it's obligatory to go to army. Mm. And I'm from the west of Turkey, and I got good education. I finished computer science, but then I had to find a way. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of men in Turkey would actually make master's degree and PhD just not to go to army, because as long as you get education, yeah. you escape. I had to go. I went. At the beginning, they made me tank commander. So they gave me education, three months I had education. But then, because I have computer science degree, last nine months... Uh, I was working as like software engineer, I would say, but also doing uh, mostly doing things like they called me at 2 a.m. at night. What happened? The general has a daughter. She wants to chat with her boyfriend and the webcam doesn't <laughs> work. So I go at 2 a.m. I take a, I take a taxi. Next day they, they ask like, is there any, anyone computer engineer, like engineer here? And I raise my hand and they I go... We have to carry the boxes of computers from a truck to a room, and they just ask for that. So I had very, very ridiculous moments in the army. Uh, Even like quite, for example, they once asked me to hack a file, an Excel file on the web. Mm. Like a colonel asks me, okay, so I'm I'm saying that I cannot do this. It's an army website. Mm. Imagine an army website, you have to hack something. And then I asked him, like, why do we do this? Then I learned that this is a group of seven people, a department which is responsible of buying things to Turkish army. Mm-hmm. And he for wanted the, to know... For coastal towns, mm-hmm. they have to buy horses. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in Turkey, everything, a lot of things are corrupted. So from government, they ask someone, they say that the best horses in the world are in Amsterdam. So we should go to Amsterdam to buy horses as seven people from the whole department. Mm-hmm. So they get a budget to go to Amsterdam two weeks to buy horses, mm-hmm. which is completely bullshit. They just meet Natasha. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to her later. They 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 go there. Yeah. They buy I I don't I think ten horses and then they have to bring them back to Turkey in trucks, mm. not in airplane. And while coming to Turkey. In Turkey, inside Turkey, one of the trucks fall down and the, one of the horses die. Mm-hmm. Now, in army, this is a big deal because this is now a, a, par, a part of government. This horse is owned by the government, so you have to go to court, blah, blah. So they, they decide that they should go to some village around that place, accident, and they should just get a random horse and put it and back say that this the, is from Amsterdam. Yeah. Okay. They take it, they go back to Ankara. And in Ankara, there are some tests on the horses. Now, they put these 10 horses into certain tests, and there is always one horse that's always winning. Mm. In race, is winning. In pace, is winning. In strength, is winning. This is the fucking horse from the village. Yeah. The other nine horses from Amsterdam, they're all... <laughs> all <laughs> shitty. <laughs> smoking weed. They lose. So they are afraid that the generals will understand that they cheated so they are asking me to to hack the excel sheet on the web and change the numbers of that horse <laughs> so really this so i dealt with such things yeah, but be, be, but being a tank commander i mean you've driven a tank uh tank commander in turkey means now all countries have modern tanks mm. 
in Turkey they still use uh, old uh, M43, M46, World, American yeah, second tanks. World, yeah, Second World War Yes, tanks. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there are four people inside one tank. Uh -huh. One is driving, mm. one is calculating the angle, one is shooting, and one is the commander. Mm -hmm. So I was I got education as the that fourth guy. Yes. Yeah, but so so but you've been in a tank with yes, people and 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 when it's being shot from and practice shots and stuff like that. I have never ever been into battle or anything. Just no, no, no. Practice. But but yes. in practice. Yes. yes. And how is it like when they shoot from this? Huge cannons, you know, isn't it loud? It is loud. It is scary. Uh -huh. It's not something I loved. I was at the time anti-military, so I didn't want to go to army, but I had to. Mm. Um, somehow you handle most of the education is uh, in a simulation. Yeah, because they are expensive. The the things, yeah, the, the things, rockets yeah, they yeah. sent in, uh, in the tank are expensive. Mm. You just do it once or twice mm. as a practice. Mm. Um. <coughs> Okay, we we've been all over the place here. I just yeah. So you get here. How did it, how did you end up here in Prague? I mean, what 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 brought you here 16 years ago? So I told you uh, that in my younger ages, in university years, I was a part of a theater group. Then mm. in time, I became a director in that theater group. I was working in magazines in Turkey, theater magazines, making translations. But I was also involved in political things in a political group. Mm. It is a little bit related to that. Like they were always pushing me work, and you cannot say no in a political group. And in time, you are a little bit older than you are eighteen years old, and you want to be independent, do your own stuff. So I became more and more disconnected from the things that I'm doing in Turkey, mm. and also I was. I'm a, since very young ages, I'm reading a lot. I didn't have a lot of chance to visit the other countries. I didn't have a lot of money or financial situation. So I wanted to go out of Turkey, break the, a little bit that situation. That's why I started looking for a job in computer with my degree. Mm. And I got an offer from a company called monster.com. It was a job search website. Mm. It had a huge office in Prague, in Vaslavsky Namesti. There were at one point in total 440 people from 30-something nations working there. Mm. I still know a, a lot of foreigners in Prague, in IT industry or in other industries because of Monster. Mm. Because at that time, 16 years ago, Prague was not this multinational. Um, so I, I came in a quite boring story. Mm. I know many people come here for love, for chasing something, but I got uh, I applied. You came here for monster. Yeah, that yeah, more monster, <laughs> and I got an offer. I came, and then I loved it. I was planning to stay two years, but now it's sixteen years. Mm. I loved it. But then you I, met your wife here. No, we knew each other before I uh -huh. moved. Uh, she's from Ukraine. Uh, that's also another culture clash between uh, because we spoke about my mom's and father's culture clash. It's we, we, we met before in Turkey. After I moved here, we were together for a while. Then we got married. We, but yeah, for us, it's also an interesting story because I, I've been many times to Ukraine now. Mm. I've been, for example, to Donetsk before Russia occupied mm. because her relatives were from there. But there, people first ask her, like, oh, are you really married to a Muslim guy? Mm. You know, that's the first thing they go. 
But then when we go to Turkey, it's the opposite. Like you want to rent a hotel it's in certain cities, not everywhere. But directly as they see Ukrainian passport, they don't want to give you the room. Mm. Because they think she's prostitute. Because mm. in Turkey, like there are a lot of sex workers, uh, from mostly from Ukraine. There is even a saying which is quite ugly. I mean, uh, my children are Ukrainian, so it's quite ugly. But you say, I am going to Natasha tonight which means a man is going to a prostitute. So in Turkey, we are having that difficulty. They think that, oh, Ukrainian, directly like this. And when we go to Ukraine, they have opinion about me. Mm. So, yeah, that it's a little bit two-sided, but we are having that culture clash. Mm. But I like, I, I love the country, Ukraine. But this is this is the interesting thing, actually, about Turkey also. Like what you just said now is that and and it yeah it and it just for me it's actually it's magical that you can keep this together because on one hand you have uh prostitution uh you have transsexuals i think some of your most famous celebrities and singers are yes it is correct for example we have bulent ersoy you would say one of the greatest voices of traditional turkish music mm. she is transsexual mm. she had operation in the 80s when it was a quite a radical thing to do at that time. And one president, Özal, uh, president, gave directly ID to her. At the beginning, it was she was rejected to be given female identification card, yes. But then we have Zeki Muran and other, like, a lot of people, they call him, like, the son of Turkish music from more older times, but everyone would agree that he's the greatest. He's also gay. Uh, there are even like from about our greatest singers, people say they are gay. So yeah, the culture is a little bit interesting and a little bit different than what I hear from many of my friends in the West, what they think Turkey is. Yeah, exactly. Is. The perception it is very different, right? When, when you go to show business, it's different. Mm. Uh, for example, there is a saying in Turkey, or not in Turkey, but I've heard from someone in the West private life starts or personal area starts by touching. Mm. In the East, personal area starts by seeing. Mm -hmm. That's why you hide it. You have to hide your body. Because if someone sees you mm -hmm. wear a, a woman wears a um, skirt and someone sees the legs, that's her privates. They shouldn't see. Mm -hmm. But in the West, it's not like this. Not mm. seeing, the touching. So there are really, like, if you go to Turkey, you will really start seeing now a completely... You go to Serbia... Bosnia, Herzegovina, Bulgaria, yes, culture changes. But once you go to Turkey, it's now the Eastern culture. Mm. Uh, you have to hide things, but also something else. You have Your public representation is important, how you represent yourself in public. Mm. And the rest can be shit. It's even in work life. Yeah. You have to come exactly at nine to work. You have to leave exactly at five. Mm. That's very important. Mm. But I'm a person, engineer, working in American companies. They don't give a shit. They don't care. As long as you should do your the work assigned to you. Mm. Like I, I assign you a work. Do this, please. Mm. It's more important for you to do that in high quality, right? Mm. Than me checking you, you come at nine. Mm. But in Turkey, it's the opposite. The representation, there are even jokes, anecdotes about that. Mm. So the representation is very important. Mm -hmm. So the West, so that's why it will never be told that we have gay singers, we have like the, because of, we will always, they always want to represent themselves as this 
nice high culture, mm. but in reality, if you go to real life, I will not say it is worse or anything. I think everywhere in the world, the emotions and the aspirations are similar, like sex, money, and everything. Yeah, love. And so that yeah. thing still goes on there, mm. but it goes underground, mm-hmm. not on the surface. But it's tolerated. I mean, it's not something that the government is trying to to break or or I mean, because you see some, you you always see sometimes, but oh, they made I don't know, they made it illegal to be gay or. Or, or you know what I mean? Like you, you see direct political um, acts yes. against these these groups of people. In Turkey, you don't have that. I mean, it's tolerated. Yes, like you cannot get married. Uh, marriage, yeah, same sex same marriage sex is yeah. not allowed, of course. Mm. But for example, every year there is this pride meetings. Mm. In Erdogan's government, for fifteen years, they were quite colorful festivals. Mm. Last four, five years or six years, it's changing. When things started, the government Erdogan started sending policemen and beating the, the mm. attendees. Mm. So last six years it's different. But before that, for 15 years, it was one of the most colorful pride festivals in the world. There are bars, openly gay bars in Turkey. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, and I think definitely these are the kind of things that we don't know. And I, I can tell you, for example, I mean, and it's it's such a funny thing what actually influences the impression of a country. I'm, I'm from Iceland. I mean, we're 360,000 people and we have been invaded once in history. I mean, we were invaded by the British in the Second World War, but we were happy that they came because otherwise we would have ended up with Hitler. Yes. So 1627, the Turkish raids... So you know the exact date. <laughs> I, I, I actually, it was throughout uh, the summer. I mean, nobody would sail to Iceland during okay. winter anyway. And, uh, and so they take, took 400 people hostage and transported them and sold them to, to slave traders. So here are Turkish people taking white people from Iceland and selling them into slavery in North Africa. At the same time, there were black people a little bit further south in Africa, taking their fellow black people in Africa and yes. selling them to South America and North America. But uh, um, And it's an interesting story, actually. We learn about this in school. I mean, this is, this is like, the yeah, as I said, it's the first and only invasion that we had. Did you know about this? I've heard they don't teach this to us in school mm. because... Mm. They never touch anything about Ottoman Empire that was bad for other people, you know. They, uh-huh. they, they keep that, like, they, they, they don't. For us, Ottoman Empire was this great empire that did great things all around the world. Mm. For example, we even have two words for when Ottoman Empire goes to a country and a city and occupies it. And then uh, when the opposite happens to us, there are two different words in Turkish language. Uh-huh. They're not occupation. <laughs> One of them is like bringing peace or something yeah, good. Yeah. One of them is yeah, like yeah. a terrible thing. So, but then in some books you can read about this. But they generally in those books they tell this. It happened uh, from Algerian people, not o- directly the Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire was delegating some work to Algerian pirates in Mediter in the Mediterranean Sea. Then they went up there, which doesn't make sense. Why would they go? It's quite 
different than Mediterranean Sea, far mm-hmm. away. So they tell us that, oh, it just went out of control, which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it went out, they suddenly, oh, suddenly everyone knows out of the Gibraltar and uh, in Iceland. <laughs> they took the wrong turn on the boat. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've heard this story. I've even heard that there is still a law in Iceland that Algerians and Turkish people or someone is not allowed to go to the island, no? No, I don't think so. I you mean, know these books and articles, did you know these facts? Yeah. So it's very famous there that we cannot go to Iceland. Well, you shouldn't certainly have been there. I mean, there have been a lot of, and there are a lot of Turkish people living in Iceland now. But I think it's just a very, I mean, it's interesting in, in many ways from, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, because it was 400 people, but 400 people from Iceland was a lot of people. You know, like we, we, we are a small nation, and back then we were even a smaller nation. So so it was a big part of our, our nation, but n- we, we never got any money or any payments like they're asking about now in, Af- in America. You know, we should get payments because our ancestry was slavery. Yes. My ancestors were, you know, some of them were probably put into slavery there. But some some of them made it back, and that's interesting. And... and, and uh, and there were, I think, out of those 428 people actually Wait, made it. after all these years, how yeah. do they know that they're... Um, uh, everything is documented in Iceland. We, we, are, we are lucky Whoa. with that. Everything is documented. We, we documented everything that... We, we had nothing. Uh, you have nothing to do with it. It's no rainy, windy, it's shitty. So you just sit at home and write books, you know? I see. For example, in our history, there is also, we didn't touch, but there's uh, the, uh, with Armenians, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, before the First World War, I think. Yeah. Around that, there was something, uh, I mean, I, we can call it genocide. I actually call it genocide. But in Turkey, it's a big thing. Mm. And I call it genocide as a Turkish man. For you, yeah, it sounds a, normal. Mm. For the country, for if my mom here, or people hear this, my mom is open minded, but others hear this, it's a big deal. Mm. Uh, because you are always taught from your childhood, they try to put us to bad situation, blah, blah. But Turkey, yeah, like some things happened in the past. Mm. I'm just not sure from how many of them you can be responsible of. Like, oh, no, I mean, you, for you, example, Germany apologized mm. from went to they went to Poland. They said they apologized from mm. the things that should happen. That's the base base level. Mm. I I agree with that. Yeah, but how far should you go? I mean, should you have to apologize for something that happened 300 years ago? I don't I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so. But that's just my opinion. But another thing that, and uh, you know, because we were talking about the perception of, of, so we, and then another thing that actually shaped Iceland very much in, in, in its view on Turkey is that we had this one guy called Halimal. He married an Icelandic woman, uh, knocked her up. They had two kids together. And then he moved to Turkey and took the kids with him. So she had to go into court in Turkey, in Ankara, and blah, 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 blah. And that was like a huge thing, like 30 years ago. So... Because of those two things, which is ridiculous, because it's one Turkish guy fighting for his right to be the father of his kids, and something that happened 1627, Turkey has in general a, a relatively negative perception, I think. Okay, but I want to ask you, what, what did you say the name was? Of the guy, Halimal. Halimal is... Ah, Halim is a Turkish yeah. name, but maybe it's surname. Okay. For example, I have never ever heard in my life. No, no, no. I mean, no one has. I mean, but it's it's just it, it's enough to turn one nation of three hundred and fifty thousand people. Of course, people of course. Negative, but you know. Like I, I, I will not 
here protect uh, Turkey or anything, but just also keep in mind that I think in political arena there aren't many political uh, voices that protect Turkey or speak mm. on behalf of mm. Turkey. Mm. Mm. It's always this kit which everyone is feels free to hit, okay? Mm. On the other hand, if you go to Turkey, if you meet with Turkish people, you will see that there are people in Turkey who are very open-minded, who fight, like who want to clear the history, who want to who accept those things. And that is a little bit sometimes disrespectable for these people. When you, for example, assume that all Turkish people think bad about Armenians. Okay. Like, no. like And, and in Turkey, we are giving this fight. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. People are sent to prison by just saying such an opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you come here, you meet some Armenian, and she tells you, because you are Turkish, you are a fucking bastard. Okay. Now, so... I also don't believe I should add this to all my speeches because I know there were a lot of bad things in the past in Turkish history, but also, for example, in during that Armenian thing, like a lot of people saved Armenian children, like mm. from the from the government. Mm. So it's like in every country there are good people, bad people. Maybe the <laughs> percentage moves a little bit, and it depends on how much people follow religion, in my opinion, and how like. Those those things, but um, I I I don't deny those historical things. No, and I don't think I mean every I think every nation has that. that well, there has never been a nation created without blood, and usually somebody else's blood because it's the winner that created the nation or whatever. So I mean, for me, it's just nonsense to be pissed off about something today that happened hundred years ago or. Even 50 years ago, I mean, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense because it doesn't. It's not a constructive mm-hmm. way to go about life. But the, but it's just interesting how the perception is, and I agree with you actually when you say it, that I think Turkey often is like this kid that everybody can beat and and get away with it. it is. And I feel the same with Russia. I mean, we we kind of put Russia in a po- in a mm. place where okay, yes. let's just kick Russia a little bit more, and. Uh, it's just convenient for for the leaders of the Western countries to you know point somewhere, you know? that Yes, true, but also you should think about those nice intellectual people in Russia who fight with the governor of Russia, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. There is a fight there also. Mm-hmm. Some people see it, some people are in it, in that mm-hmm. in that fire. And when you put all that into one group and stick it, you are also hitting those yeah, people yeah, and I, sometimes I, I, you hurt them. I agree, I agree. Because those people, I believe, will bring the change, not, the, <laughs> not necessarily always the West, though. Mm. So you don't think that uh, uh, forcing Western values onto Turkish culture is going to be making Turkey a better country or Russia a better country by forcing? You, you know what I mean? It, it, the change has to come from the inside. Uh, I, I I don't exactly agree with what just you said. Mm. But in these countries which have a quite a history... Mm. There are also quite a lot of actors inside the country. It's not as simple as Erdogan is there and the rest is like sheep following him. There are actors. Erdogan, for example, I'm saying that Erdogan will lose in two years. The elections, it's not like Erdogan, is not like North Korean leader. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I'm, I'm just, I find it, let's call it like this. There are people all around the world who believe in 
better values, like right, changing life in a good direction. And in every country, there are such people. Mm-hmm. For example, we can hear, speak with you and speak about Iran. Mm-hmm. And like stick Iran, hit Iran, say everything bad about Iran. But what about one Iranian guy joins us, which I know living in Prague, mm. who's quite open-minded, a lady, who's quite open-minded, very nice woman, uh, coming from a nice family, educated family. What about she comes here? How would she feel? Mm. Do we ever think about that? I sometimes find myself in this situation, people around me speak about Turkey, as if like Erdogan is representative of the whole country and like everything. So I agree with Western values, but we should be careful about when we say words about the whole nation mm. and the country. And the second thing is things I believe work in a different way in many countries. For example, now the biggest topic, one of the biggest topics in the world is like, to be honest, we are a little bit led by USA especially in business, right? Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. USA, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also working. And then whatever happens there, like this uh, Black Lives Matter, for example, it's important. It, it becomes an important topic. But it doesn't necessarily translate into the, the same thing for another country because mm-hmm. the other country, for example, I believe Czech Republic, when you speak about racism in Czech Republic, you should speak, you should speak about Vietnamese and gypsy people. Mm. Not not the blacks. It's not exactly cannot be translated. So I'm speaking a little bit about that. We should be more careful choosing our words or choosing our rhetoric about other countries, because things are trans. Our values are translated in a different way to that country. Mm. It's not exactly like how we see from the West. No, no, I agree, and I mean, and, and we we yeah we we take these things. Um, uncooked and raw from the US and we adapt them to to the reality of in our countries and and then we just desperately try to find mm-hmm. examples which fit to that uh, theory and yes. and it's, it's stupid actually i mean and i mean yeah i i but anyway i i i wanted to to go into a little bit well talking about perception or stereotyping yes. i can't really have you here without talking about kebab Yes, for example, that's another thing. Like I, I go to a bar. Let me give you an example. Like it's night. I dress nice. I bought something a shirt from Massimo Dutti. I go. I have an expensive perfume. I, I'm. I, I feel like I'm in Madman TV series. Mm. Nice. I go to a bar. I order my whiskey. I turn right, and I, there is a drunk guy or someone who tells me. Oh, hey, where are you from? I'm from Turkey. I love kebab. <laughs> you know, like, this happens so much. It, it, I, I'm into photography. I'm a photographer. And, like, when people don't know what to say, they feel it's like a filler word. They yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm also not blaming a lot of people. But on the other hand, yeah, this, we all use stereotypes in all around us. But if you are living in Prague, in such a multinational now city becoming maybe not like London, New York yet, mm. but going in that direction, right? And you are you are dealing with foreigners living in Prague. You can be more careful with your words. Like, we are not all kebab guys, it doesn't mean. So that, yeah, but majority, yes. 
On the other hand, the second question generally is, where is the best kebab place, they ask me. <laughs> and I will answer it. <laughs> but, but, but why? Because it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, like what we have here is that, I mean, like, like in Prague, we have all these tiny little uh, corner stores that, you know, sell some cigarettes, some drink, some milk, some bread, you know, mm. like some basics. Some of them actually have a really weird collection, but they're on every fucking corner. And and they're all run by Vietnamese people. It's it's a really interesting thing. And then when I lived in Denmark, where where I, I lived in Copenhagen for five years or something, and then all those stores were run by Turkish people. And, the, you know, fruits yes. uh, and spices. And it, it was, you know, you could find stuff in those stores that you couldn't find anywhere else. And then, of course, yeah, the kebab. But why those two things? Do, 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 is there any specific So reason? I cannot tell you about those two things, but I first will start with some information. Mm. The, For example, the Vietnamese people in Prague came by an agreement during... Yeah, yeah, in the 70s. Time yeah, and yeah. They kept. But it's the same in Germany. Mm. They needed workforce after Second World War. They mm. made an agreement with the Turkish government. They took, I think, 700,000 people low level mm. workers from villages so those people had never uh, education they had nothing mm. i have relatives living in germany now i will add to this conversation i stopped visiting them i hope they will not listen to this are they listening they they brought the, that village life to germany mm. they are different they are not like expats they are living there for i have a cousin who who was born in Germany, in Stuttgart. And I go to him, he takes me with his BMW. By the way, he's at lowest level working in a factory. Like mm. His family didn't give him, didn't send him to university or anything. And then he tells me, hey, you are in the town, so let's go out, have some fun time. Let's go drink some Red Bull. Red Bull? Really? Seriously? Are you serious? And then he takes me to some cafe to drink Red Bull. So yeah, they 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 live different. Mm. And we, I I I will be honest here, okay, with you. I'm not. Well, you've been, uh, you ha you haven't been honest so far. I was honest, but uh, I was picking my words carefully. Now mm. I will not pick uh -huh. them carefully. Sounds great. We don't associate ourselves, and when I say we, I mean like Turkish people who got some education and moved to Europe for some mm. work. Okay. We don't associate them ourselves in the same category with the other Turkish people who moved here before and grew up here, mm. who have no aspiration to get education and become a part of modern life, or get uh, get a part be a part of that life. We really try to separate. For example, when we go to a restaurant with my friends, if we see such people, we change our restaurant or, mm -hmm. or they also don't come to our restaurant. So there is such a difference between. Someone who gets some education moves to another country, and another person who, like, uh, who was born there from family and doesn't care about education. So there is such a difference, I would say. Mm. For example, when I go to a donut kebab shop, shop like kebab shop that's apparent there, they ask us, "Oh, do you know any lawyers?" And we say, "Why?" Because my friend is trying to escape to Europe. Like, I need mm -hmm. a lawyer. And we just leave the place in the camera.
but actually this is quite interesting. I mean, um, that in in some way, because I guess um, this is actually the divide that is within Turkey as well, because on one hand you have people who are educating themselves that are participating in a global community, they're working jobs and stuff like that, and then then you have those other people that, okay, they might not be drinking Red Bull there, but they're they're might doing, be. yeah. Yes, yes. So, so this divide is there somehow. You, it's almost like two layers. For example, I will give you a supporting supporting argument for your... Uh, My theory? Theory. Uh, Erdogan allowed people living in other countries to vote. Mm-hmm. It wasn't allowed before. He gets a lot of votes from mm-hmm. Germany, Denmark. Yeah, yeah. But there was a voting in Prague. I was there. I voted. So, to the opposing party, there were 220 votes, not Erdogan. To Erdogan, there was 20. And to the Kurdish leader, there was nine. Mm-hmm. So, in Prague, the Turkish people are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you, I cannot say directly you are right. But, yeah, there is some correlation between these two groups. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's correct. Mm. But we like, yeah. For example, I remember there was one election where Erdogan people believed he would lose. I went to the election. There is generally two hundred forty votes in Prague. It's done in embassy. That day, a lot of Kurdish people were around. They even brought their kebab stands. They were giving for free food. And that was the election Erdogan couldn't win. Mm-hmm. He repeated the election three months later. He won, but you could pre- in practice see that people got excited that, that he would be leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've never seen like and Kurdish people. Their leader got a lot of votes. I didn't even know there are so many Kurdish people living in Czech Republic. Mm. I actually had some story. I don't. I'm not sure if I should go into it, but. Uh, after this election, I met some people because mm-hmm. I'm also into political things. They added me to some Facebook group. So in this election, Erdogan couldn't win. He won three months later. But he, some dangerous things happened in Turkey in between. Mm-hmm. Some bombs mm-hmm. exploded. Okay. And Erd- after that, three months later, Erdogan won. And People died. For example, in one of them in Ankara, 150 people died. 156 or very young people died. Mm. So then suddenly I found myself in a Facebook group that this group is saying that like this this person did it, this person did it, blah, blah. And then they told, they also thought they had a meeting to demonstration to like I even have a poster from that time which says or whatever it's called, mm. blah blah. I am not. I'm now bleeping some words in my speech. Yeah. So I went to a, a demonstration, and there were Czech anarchists there, and uh, some people. Anyway, so there was this Kurdish people again there making a demonstration. I never even knew there are so many Kurdish people in, living in Czech Republic. Mm. It was in Palaskia Namaste. Then they added me to a group and then they told me that they will meet regularly once in every week 
Mir Českomorovská stop. Mm. OK. They try to include me. But then I told them something like they didn't like this. I said that, look, I was, I'm in every election, I'm voting. I've never seen you. Where did you come from? Mm. Like, probably they didn't vote in previous elections. They thought that all. And they were shy, blaming me. Anyway, what I'm saying is, then I've never been, of course, to their kebab shop in Chesko Morovska. I've never been there. But then, one year later, they caught this Kurdish leader in Prague from Syria, not from Turkey. You know that that the guy, famous guy who was escaping from Prague, and they found him. In, they said that he was found in a kebab shop in Cheskomorovsk. No, <laughs> I'm guessing that <laughs> these they they these Kurdish people had some have some center uh, there. I, I don't know. I'm guessing that. They <laughs> but they have good kebab. Uh, you don't know. You never I'm went afraid. there. I'm <laughs> afraid. I to go there. Yeah. Um, but uh, wanted to just. So you like it here in Prague? I love it. What What is I it? I personally what? never had, for example, racism in Prague. Uh, Sixteen years, just once in a metro, once drunk guy mm. understood I'm foreigner, mm. or a couple of times. Some jokes like about what do you think is going on Tunisia in Syria Algeria I don't know it's very far away, but most of the other things were subtle, like, mm. like you know mm. I, I felt that sometimes people when they learned that I I'm from Turkey mm. they lost connection with me, but other than that I believe it is great for a Turkish guy like there is no prejudice or mm. there is but. It's not like Germany, Holland, or other countries where everyone treats you like a kebab guy. Mm. Here, at least, they in Zhishko, they treat you like a cool guy. Mm. But do, do you think that the lifestyle that you have here, I mean, the way that you live here, could you live the same life back home in Turkey? No, I cannot. Uh-huh. But I also don't believe I can live the same life in maybe Spain or somewhere else. No. it's a, it's. A, I mean, this is a very liberal city. Yes. I mean, like, it's yes. extremely... Is very uh, good. Yeah. But um, do you think you would ever move back? This is a question I'm asked, but I will not move back from Europe, that's mm. for sure. Mm. On the other hand, I love Prague. I got offers once I was about to move to Berlin with my wife mm. and then once to Amsterdam. And it, it it's easy for some foreigners, you know, if you are in business, you get good salary. I... I rejected, I, I was about to accept, I rejected just because I realized I love Prague. Mm. I, I love here, I want to live here. The only problem is I still cannot imagine myself as an old guy in Prague. Mm. You know, when I'm old, 70, I'm not part of this culture exactly. Mm. Is it still possible to live like an expat in Prague? Because you are not anymore that guy going to Zizhko bars, mm, you know. Mm. So is it still possible? That I don't know. Mm. So I cannot imagine myself in Prague. Mm. However, I should tell you that we spoke a lot about Turkey. We didn't touch this. My family, my mom, my sister, they also they escaped from big city life. 
they moved to the south of Turkey. Mm. Uh, they live next to the Mediterranean Sea in a very touristic village of Turkey mm. where there are mostly foreigners. It's a lovely place. Mm. Like you go one day, you see Jean Bon Jovi. The second day you see another actress like Demi Moore, like they come there with their yeah. So, so it's a great place. It's difficult to access with car, but easier with boat. So I, I actually would love to maybe one day buy something there and mm. live in retirement there. I, I don't think I will retire, but someday. But I think I will be here. Mm. I will be here. Mm. I will not go anywhere. And now, like, uh, yeah, something that I actually wanted to talk maybe a little bit more about, but we, yeah, we just talked a lot about stuff that I wasn't going to talk about, but was interesting to me. Um the photography, because I mean, like, yeah. So you, you're very kind of, you're like Turkey. You're, you're split in two. You, one part of you is a uh, is working in an IT and and making a living from IT, but there's the artist side of you with the photography and filmmaking. And I've seen some of your stuff, and it's actually really cool. You do these mm-hmm. cool portraits and stuff like that. And you, you what, what, when when did this start? Did this start again when you came here, or or or? It's it was a little bit organic process uh, i moved here i want to continue in arts mm. and i thought oh wait a second i cannot make be in theater so i should maybe learn about filmmaking mm-hmm. so i bought a very small camera like something the, the the minimum low that you can shoot a short film but then you have to learn how to make a short film so i started learning reading going into that i made actually a couple of short videos and I went into some competitions and I won some of them mm. that brought me some money I remember Pepsi had a competition to make some uh, a copy like done in 60 seconds it's called mm-hmm. you have to take a famous movie and you have to do it in 60 seconds mm-hmm. we, with my friends we've done Doctor Strange Love of Stanley Kubrick and we won uh-huh. I remember it, this project is this some years ago Quite a while ago, yeah, yeah. I did, but I won ten thousand uh-huh. dollars. Now suddenly, I spend that money on camera and equipment. Uh-huh. All of it is big money, you know. Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, Pepsi gives you ten thousand. So, uh, and then after that, I start getting more and more serious. Mm. Uh, so I started, but at one point, like five, six years ago, I realized that my short films are good, but I'm lacking some f- cinematography. Because mm. cinematography makes them look much, much better, of course. It's a part of that art. So I started learning photography, mm. I would say, six years ago. But then it took on. Like, it it went to a d- different direction. I also started becoming a little bit successful in photography. It went well. Mm. So I got more into it. I was first making photos around Prague. I was going to bars. Even at night, I was sleeping until midnight and go 1 a.m., 2 a.m. to a bar and asking them can, permission, can I make photos, especially in Zizko. Mm. So I did that for a while. After a while, some newspapers said that, can we make an agreement, can we use your photos, because we love them in Czech Republic, they use some of my photos. Mm. So I started growing some audience. But after a while, you come to an end. and. Um, like because, or maybe because I'm interested in many things. So after two, three years, I start making people's photos. Mm. Then that became a habit for me, or like I love that. 
So I started buying some equipment and I started building my own studio. So right now at home, in my uh, one of the rooms is a studio. I have all the equipment and everything and I make photos there. Mm. So I went into more portrait photography. Um, like when I say I'm going there, it's not like take the camera and start shooting that I'm learning, I'm watching YouTube videos, reading books, like, you know, I go very deep, I teach myself. Uh, and then, uh, and then, now lastly, the point I came is, now I'm renting a place in Zizhko, I will open my own studio at last. But what, what are these pictures used for? I mean, are these photos? I mean, are, they, are these... I don't know. I mean, I've seen somebody. Some it looks kind of like I don't know, like a fashion or 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 I don't know or art arty fashion somehow. I mean, okay, now the people I took photos with will hate me if they listen to this. But now they're all listening. Most of the times, people come. Some people who want to be famous in Instagram or something, they want those photos. So mm. I took. To be honest, nothing. It's just for my development in this hobby. Mm-hmm. I honestly but you don't want, know. You want some, some, but you want some awards for photos as well, right? Yes, 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 yes. For example, the first time when I was making street photography in Prague, mm. that got quite an attention. Mm-hmm. It was I was it was published in some street photography magazines in one in New York, one in like international magazines. So there, it I got attention, but in time. Okay, street photography up until a point. I want to do different things. I started portrait. Mm. And I even wanted to go into different... I'm now using wide-angle lenses doing. That also got attention. To be honest, I'm in contact with many interesting people, especially through Instagram. Mm. For example, there is one actress in New York, living in New York. She We chat. She is the granddaughter of Fanta. The architect Fanta who built Hlavni uh, Nadraji. Mm-hmm. Her family escaped from com- communism. Mm-hmm. And she's an actress there and she was following Prague accounts and she follows me. So she wants now to come to Prague. To get photos. Yeah, she, she wants not necessarily for photos, but I start building connections. Mm. I also continue making short movies, although I should admit that the last serious project I made was a couple of years ago. It's been a while. Mm. Uh, I have a son now, small, so I'm spend. When you have a baby, you spend time with, time with them. Yeah. So, but there, for example, with that movie, I was accepted to many festivals. Mm. They pay everything, but then I re- represented Czech Republic. It's written that Czech Republic, yeah. Ivak, yeah. because they don't know who you are. Mm. For but Ivak, Ivak could actually be a Czech name. I mean, yes. it's not like a yes for others, not for yeah. Czechs, but for others. Yeah. Uh, we, I've been to Poland. They said you can bring a friend, and then we went. And my friend, he made us drunk a little bit that night. Mm. We we couldn't attend the ceremonies, <laughs> and the next day we 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 wake up and we see a French couple directors who met us at the beginning in the first day, and they say, "Oh, did you watch our movie tonight?" And my friend is like. Oh no, I didn't watch it all day. I was in bed. I watched like Netflix, this like Daredevil <laughs> or whatever, blah blah. And the, the guys are like, "Are you serious?" So we didn't give a very good impression there for Czech Republic. To oh, be but honest. that's good then that you were under the wrong country name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I had to enter. L- listen, 
what would you do in my situation? Imagine you are a Turkish person mm. living in Czech Republic. Mm. You make a short movie. Mm. The short movie is in English with English actors living in Prague. Which country does this short film belong to? Because the short film festivals ask you mm. what country. I don't yeah. believe we, you and I, us, we fit in those definitions. Times are changing. Mm. Like you don't necessarily belong to like Iceland, you don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not coming from a Turkish cinema school doing this film. No. I live in Prague. So what do you choose there? So that was the problem. Yeah. Um But do you do you think like now you're gonna are you gonna make this? Uh, is that I don't know. Is it your dream to make photography and filmmaking, or let's say arts? Because I think you you can do a lot of different arts. Is it your dream at some point that you live from that? Yes, I would like to live uh, with filmmaking mm-hmm. uh, if I can. Mm. I'm not sure if that's possible. I actually lost my hope that it is possible. On the other hand, I'm always thinking like this. When I'm very, very old, I would like to look back and see some things I produced, like some real products you mm. produce. Mm. Like photo is one of them, but then when you make short film, there is something that I, we've done this with these interesting people once mm. upon a time. So I, I want to do the things To leave something my, behind. You know, like you're yes, building some monument. Yes. Also, there are also many things in my mind for years. Mm. And I'm reading these conversations with older people. They say that whatever in your mind, do it. Otherwise, life passes and you end up not doing them. You feel regret. Mm. So I, I want to do them. Now I'm in my 40s. Mm. I believe I have like 10 years. Now, okay. Now 50 is the new 40, so maybe 20 years. Mm. But, but I want to make at least the things in my mind maybe they will be unsuccessful but at but least at you least tried. i tried yeah, yeah. i know yeah. i exactly i mean that's the most important thing i mean i uh, yeah i i uh, i'm leaving behind this amazing podcast this is going to be my legacy uh Ivak, where can people follow you um where is the i i'm following the instagram account i don't remember the name of it what's the name of it mono lumia Monolumia is the okay. Instagram account. I will put the con. I will put it also in the episode description. All the all the okay. all the links. So Monolumia is the Instagram. Yes, and I don't follow you. I should follow you yeah, back because I, I didn't fully see agree. That. Yeah, I fully agree. I didn't see that. Uh-huh. Monolumia is where I gather everything mm-hmm. because I have photography accounts, other things, but all of them. Whenever something happens in any of them, I put to Instagram. So Instagram uh-huh. is the source of everything. Truth. And uh, no Facebook page, no web page. No, uh, I have, if they search Evac, they can find me on Facebook. Mm. For example, Flickr, they can find me with Evac again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinterest, there is also Evac. Uh, 500px, another photography we- website, they can find Evac. YouTube Evac, uh, Vimeo uh, Evac. You're, you're everywhere. You're fucking so, everywhere. Yeah, I created accounts in all of them, but to Instagram, I put whenever there's an update, I do it there. Uh huh. Okay, and now yeah, as I said, I'll put all the all the um, all the links in the in, in the episode description anyway, so people can find it there. Um, I think we're I think we're kind of done. I mean, we I I know we could sit here for five more hours or something, but uh, I'm not <laughs> sure that people would listen for five more hours. Uh, 
as long as you serve me. Yeah. So if, as, Thank you. Um, guys, so there is a Facebook page of the show, The Bunker, How the Hell Did We End Up Here, where you can follow. I mean, there's nothing really new there, but, you know, sometimes some stupid pictures of me or something. And um, Instagram, The Bunker Prague, and then, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, The Bunker, How the Hell Did We End Up Here, and then... If you're listening on Apple, please review or give five stars. You don't even need to write anything. Just give five stars. Um, that's the most important thing. No four-star reviews accepted or less. Only five-star reviews. And uh, yeah, that's cool. Ivak. Yeah, thank you very much for this session. It was great. Yeah, it was good to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.